Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time for a post-match pint in association with Purity Ale. If you want to get 10% off everything Purity have to offer, use the code hashtag Villa View. And yes, I do still have to look at the top of the screen to remember what the code is, even though I've been doing it for about two and a half years. I'm Dan Bardell, joined by Neil Dunworth. Neil, how are you? I'm very good. Win always put smiles on my put smiles. Can you have more than one smile on your face at any given time? Um, but win almost does that. Uh, look, and it was a it was a dirty win, and um, three points are, are absolutely fantastic. It, no matter how you get them, and uh, that's probably how I would sum up that game at the weekend. Yeah, it wasn't a wasn't a pretty game, as you say. I was in a, a different vantage point. I always enjoy enjoy having the odd game in the Trinity because you can kind of see the game differently from where I normally sit in in the whole tent. Did some nice stuff at times, but in general, you just got the feeling the Villa just wanted to win the game one 0 in some ways and have that dirty win, like you say, and keep a clean sheet. I think there was a massive emphasis on keeping a clean sheet at home because they, they hadn't done that under Emery. I believe, whereas they had done away from home. So I felt like Villa ticked a few boxes that Unai Emery wanted to tick at the weekend. The goal came from from nice build at play again, playing playing out from the back, which we'll come on to. But I was thinking, I was thinking after the game that it was that kind of like win. We won a similar game against Southampton at the start of the season under Gerard, one 0 and it was horrible. And you just you sat there thinking, where are we going? This this is just terrible. Even though we've won, I'm just not happy at all. The difference in having that kind of win under Unai Emery, who you do know has a, has a long-term plan. He's trying to give the team a platform. Even though it was similar in a lot of ways, it, it feels different because you just believe in this manager and pleasing to, to walk away having not played well and, and win 1-0. Absolutely, yeah. And when, I think it's all relative in not playing well and winning 1-0. I think we did play well, but I just think the game was just... The game descended, I think, in the second half into a kind of a game that neither of the team wanted to play. Neither team wanted to play. I think Crystal Palace got really frustrated. Uh, you can see with some of the challenges, and we'll probably get onto that in a moment. Um, I, I think, look, Crystal Palace is... 
it could have been a completely different game after five ten minutes when um, Zaha gets through and scores that goal. It goes back at VAR, you know, uh, rule it out. Villa were a better team in the first half, and then the second half was just a sloppy, messy second half. Um, and I think both teams will will say that. But you're dead right. I think in the way that Villa needed to dig deep to win three points, and they did. And at times against Everton, they needed to dig deep and win three points the week before. And I think that's what this team is doing. This team knows that, you know, I suppose they they need to solidify that defense and um, they needed to do it. And, and and if you can get a couple of those gritty wins, uh, it gives you confidence in that, in that factor. And, and, and hopefully that we can take this on because we've got a nice little runway of games here. And I, I hate saying that because it's always almost, almost um, lets us in for failure or for, for letdown. But we do it. If we can, if we come out of some of those games with one nil wins, but not playing well and the points total is racking up. And if somehow we can get out of 11th position purgatory that we're in at the moment, I think everybody would be absolutely delighted. So, so um, much and all for the mental side of of uh, this team's because the team has been kind of frail mentally at times over the last two or three years. I think these games are kind of battle hardening for them, and, and and I think there's a lot to be taken out of it from that point of view too. Yeah, I think with the exception of the Leicester game, I think really we beat the teams that you you would expect us to, to beat. Yeah. I think our record under Emery has been pretty good. The, the games we've lost, other than that Leicester game, have been games where you probably thought before before the game this one's going to be a difficult one today. So I think. You know, saying there's a nice run of fixtures coming up, I'm pleased with that because they seem to be the games that, that we've managed to, to win so far. So it's a fair play to them and fair play to Unai Emery. You're right in saying it could have been a very d- different day if that goal had been allowed in the in the first five minutes. Look, look, it's offside. We, yeah, it is. You can't complain with it. I don't think Palace fans will have too many complaints. It's offside. A bit worrying to see Emi Martinez get rounded again because that seems to be happening all the time at the moment. But it shows you that you've got to be switched on at all times because watching it back, there was a really good camera angle on, on Match of the Day on the replay where you can see Concer and what, what he's doing. He kind of gets caught in no man's land a little bit where he doesn't mm. close the ball down but still takes a step forward, which in the end, I think that step forward actually saved us. And, uh, and, pulled him offside but he kind of did, didn't do either he didn't go with the man didn't drop off and go with the man he also didn't didn't come and close down the ball but in the end you know he's done his job because he's, he's offside you've got to be switched on at, at all times Villa have started games well a lot of times especially especially at Villa Park but that could have been a different game for us if we'd have gone 1-0 down early and you'd have had to have seen a completely different display yeah, it's and, and and yeah, it was it was because it was the, the, the gap between the two centre halves there is something that uh, Una Emery, I'd imagine Una Emery has been trying to stamp out of this team um, because we've seen that gap between the two centre-halves against Leicester and, and, and against Liverpool. And those goals where we get caught in the break, it's because the centre-halves get too far away from each other. It's because, they, you know, people get stranded and isolated and no centre-half wants that. It's, 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 it's a basic part of, of football, but um, under Steven Gerrard, the two centre-halves were almost tasked with getting far apart and covering sideline to sideline which, to be honest with you, is absolute bonkers when you think about it. Um, and I think there's a bit of an acclimatization there. But as you said that said it there, the step out from Kanzab plays him offside and uh, we live to fight another day. But wouldn't it have just been absolutely textbook Aston Villa that Zaha, who hasn't started a game for X amount of, of weeks, comes in, scores within five minutes, his tail is up, and then Villa go on then to slump to a defeat about what could have been. But as I mentioned about the, the the mentality of the team and the change in the mentality within the team, we conceded that goal. They didn't really have another chance to speak about, I would say, for majority of the rest of the game. We tightened up. 
we got our fluky goal down the other end, albeit it was from a brilliant move. Um, I don't know how he slides in and puts that in the back of the net, but we'll take it every day of the week. And Villa get three points to drag ourselves seven points away from Crystal Palace, as opposed to 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 bring them three points closer to us. It's it's like there's a lot in that win that kind of solidifies us in our position and also creates almost like two leagues within a league or three leagues within a league, I suppose, really, if you want to talk about it. Yeah, it's kind of instead of being top of the second league now, you kind of feel like we're bottom of the one above and maybe looking looking yeah. up and trying to push into that top half now, which is yeah. is pleasing and out of the two, that's probably where, where you would want to be. The main thing with that, if that goal had, had counted, it's just your whole week's work just completely out the window because yeah. Emery would have worked them all week on keeping it compact, keeping yeah. it tight. We want a clean sheet this week and then within five minutes you're chasing the game. Yeah. Villa did respond well to, to that. I think Matty Cash was had a, a very good first half. John McGinn as well was, was busy and actually his passing was very good in the mm. first half as well. And the goal, it's come from playing out for, playing out from the back. It's a, it's a yeah. lovely bit of football. Again, we saw a few weeks ago against Arsenal, the benefits of playing out from the back and remaining calm and remaining patient rather than just hoofing it forward. Look, it hasn't worked every time for Villa. But in the last two home games, two goals have been yielded from, from playing that way. It's great work from, from Kamara. Martinez was patient as well. It's not always easy to be patient when the whole in behind you telling you to do mm-hmm. something with it. He doesn't. He holds on to the ball for, I think, about 10 seconds in the end. Kamara is the one who, who breaks the lines in the end, gives the ball to McGinn. It's a lovely pass from John McGinn. Brilliant. People say he can't pass. His long-range passing is actually, actually pretty good, I would say. It's a lovely raking through ball to Matty Cash. And whilst I don't think it's the best ball in from Matty Cash, he does his job getting it in the box and he's given the defender a decision to make in the way he's put, put it across. I don't think it was ever going to find Watkins, but Joachim Anderson's kind of got himself into a mess and it's ended up hitting his outside foot and going in past Guaita and, and Villa are a one nil up, but it's come from that playing out from the back again, which is really pleasing because we have got a defined style now. Absolutely. Yeah. And just to go back onto that McGinn pass, <clears throat> anybody who watched Arsenal in 2004, 2005, when Cesca Fabregas was breaking onto the, onto, onto the team, that was what made him a uh, household name, those types of passes. No, I'm not saying that John McGinn is turning into Cesc Fabregas, but what I'm saying is that, you know, when you see a pass like that, it's a real defense splitter. And <clears throat> once again, you talk about the, the, the spacings of defenders. There's nothing a defender can do when a ball goes through like that. But it, the, the, the brilliance about it was, it was the timing of it was superb because Matty Cash was almost uh, like he was in the proper position to be able to get a run on him. He was in full flight. The defender has to turn. And at that stage, Matty Cash is getting in around him. Does the defender take him down? Maybe get a red card? Uh, it probably wouldn't be a red card, but get a yellow card. Um, does he allow Matty Cash get into the box? He probably looks across, sees Walker Anderson in there and thinks, okay, the danger is, is, is taken care of if he crosses the ball in there because they have been brilliant in the air. But Matty Cash puts one in, as you said, it was one in uh, at probably about knee height or, or ankle height or whatever you want to call it. And Anderson, I still to this day, I don't know why he slides. I have no idea why he slides. It makes no sense to slide there. He could have take, taken a touch. And still had plenty of time. Watkins was so far behind him, you know. And that's not that's not denigrating Watkins in any shape or form. We'll probably do that with his miss later on. But you know, Anderson, what's his keeper doing? His keeper doesn't say a word to him. He slides it in past him. I don't know. But look, we'll take that all day long because for for the ball cannon down off a crossbar and hitting off Emmy Martinez, we would have had a point against Arsenal. This is retribution, I suppose, from the gods of luck. And uh, yeah, as I say, we'll take that all day long. But that pass from 
And the passing sequence that, that that led to the goal was really impressive. You see that Martin, Martinez isn't going straight out with the ball to the edge of the D like we spoke, we've spoken about previously. He's going to his full backs, which lessens the the damage that could be done if they're caught in possession. And we're seeing that we're able to we're able to build play from there as well. But that pass from McGinn was that was brilliant stuff, and, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was the, not only the timing, like you said, just the weight of the pass yeah. as well. Matty Cash didn't have to break stride at, at all. It was a raking ball that it was just perfect in, in every way for, for Matty Cash to, to be able to do what he wanted, wanted to do with. And like I say, giving the defender a decision to make by getting in that position and getting the ball across, it's lucky, but we'll take it because we're usually on the wrong end of, of things like that, it feels. And then on half-time, I still, to this day, think... Oh, we won that game two 0 because I was so convinced he was going to score. I was I was celebrating before before he'd even shot because I just assumed in his recent form that Ollie Watkins would put the ball in the back of the net. Somehow he doesn't. I mean, in recent weeks he's been taking harder chances than that. It's probably the easiest chance he's had in the last five six yeah. games. It's a shame for him because I'd have liked him to to continue his run and continue his record. And you know he played played really well in that first half in particular. He had that that run from it from his own half just shows the confidence of the of the man at the moment. And from nothing he wins Villa a free kick high yes. up the pitch when he's picked the ball up in the bottom left hand corner. So fair play to him. You know, he, whatever else, however however he plays Ollie Watkins, he always works hard. But he will not believe that he's missed that chance. And you know, you think two 0 you're giving yourselves a, a huge chance and you're not seeing I mean to be fair, I didn't think we were particularly worried at the end anyway. But sometimes you just need that killer instinct and Ollie Watkins didn't have it in that moment. Well, he hit the post, and if I remember back to uh, a Claret and Blue podcast uh, during COVID, wasn't there a big discussion as to whether hitting the post was on time? Did I, he hit the post I, or didn't he just put it no, on No, he, he clipped the post. Yeah, yeah, he clipped the post and went wide. I'm almost certain that's what who scored said anyway afterwards, and then uh, I didn't I didn't see it back on match of the day, and I'm only joking with Rollo as well when, uh, <laughs> when I talk about that. It was one of the most, I was almost in tears of laughter with himself and McHenrick having that conversation, so it always sticks out it. in the back of my mind. It was it was brilliant about whether if it hits the post is it on target or not it was just a really really good conversation and I did, I was laughing as I was taking the dog for a walk one day so it always sticks in the back of my mind but yeah look as I say I, I think it was one of those ones the second he hit it he went oh no I'm after missing it you know I mean? he could have gone the, like the other side couldn't he give the kick yeah. to the eyes and gone the other side it's easy for me to say me saying it like I've got the ability to do that absolutely not but it, you kind of felt like that was the finish give the keeper the eyes and just roll it in the near post yeah, and it's uh, like, as I say, I think he wanted to probably finish it like he did against uh, Man City. It was very reminiscent of that. Go the opposite direction. Across sort of the keeper doesn't, Across the keeper, yeah. And uh, he's had he's had success with it recently. And I'm sure he'll have success with it again in, in the future. Um, it would have been great for him to score there, but... You know, I, I, I think uh, I, I think he like he, he didn't have an awful lot of opportunities. I think at the end of the first half, he had passed the ball twice and had one shot. You know, so ball, we weren't getting the ball to him in, in opportune ways. Um, when he gets that chance, I'm sure his eyes lit up because he had been pretty fallow for the first half, for the majority of the first half. And look, as I say, if he bangs in two goals at the weekend, um, well, then that won't really matter because we won that game anyway. You know, so it's, uh, it didn't go back to bite us. Yeah, nice little take as well. The, the the way he took the ball on from from Buendia, I think it was, and, and actually got in the position was was pleasing to see. Again, he's he's doing a lot of good stuff at, at the moment, Ollie Watkins. But he still, I, I imagine, he can't believe he he missed that chance. But luckily for us, I felt like we did have a bit of luck on Saturday. Actually, he did didn't come back to, to bite us, and we still won the game. At the start of the second half, a weird five minute spell from Decora for Crystal Palace, where he just decided. 
I'm going to do everything I can to get sent off her. He made a tackle just before the yellow on Kamara that was arguably a booking, yeah. I would say. The tackle on Kamara is terrible. And, you know, we look at, we don't know at the moment how long he's going to be out for. Then Donkers wasn't on the bench at the, yeah. the weekend. Villa, Villa naming eight subs, two of them keepers on on this occasion. The subs bench seems to be getting lighter by, by the week. But Kamara, you just see in that first half, what he brings, he's the he's so Louise is pretty good at it as well. But I think Kamara is superior of just carrying the ball a little bit. And I feel Kamara's stronger on the ball as well. He, oh, yeah. he tighter spaces. Louise is very good, but I think Kamara is better. He's a huge loss for us, if, even if he's out for a couple of games. He's kind of irreplaceable in that midfield. I, I would say and it's going to be interesting to see what we do in, mm. in the next game now because he is he's a big miss Kamara and we hope he's not out for a long period of time. But it was a, it was a terrible tackle. I just think the one on Chambers afterwards was even worse. Yeah. But the, I thought the tackle on Kamara was terrible as well. Yeah. Um, Decore, check Decore. Um, was somebody who I really liked in his at Lance and, and when he moved to Crystal Palace, I went, oh, after picking up a nice little steal here because it wasn't for big money. But... Decore looked like a guy who was still come, coming up on his pre-workout that he took at halftime, you know, because he was running around the place just like as if he was being, you know, let out for the first time. And it was, it was, it was a very, as you mentioned it, it was an actual strange sequence of five to seven to ten minutes from him because uh, there was, it was like as if he was no interest in the ball whatsoever. The fouls on Buendia, as you mentioned, then uh, Chambers and, 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 and Kamara. And um I think you have to be kind of critical of the referee in that instance. I think you have to because uh, referees should be able to sense stuff like that. He wasn't like that in the first half. In the main, he wasn't like that in the first half. And then in a very short space of time here, you know, you can see that the, 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 the effort there was to, to, to be more robust, I think is the best way of putting it. And look, uh, as I say, everybody makes mistakes, but I think the you know, I think I've seen a lot of people say it, and I normally wouldn't be in agreement to to a massive degree, but I think Craig Parson would probably look back on his performance there and go, "I think I probably should have whipped out a yellow card a bit earlier for somebody just to kind of calm down that 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 first ten well, minutes." Well, I should have got booked for the Buendia. You should have for they, sure. They were they were all, and especially the second two, two of the three, you could have got a straight red for either of mm. them, in my opinion. I don't think either of them would grab the Chambers one in particular. I think, Very that's, I think that's a straight red. Mm. I think he was looking to get a second yellow. Yeah, I think yeah. he could have got a straight red for that anyway. You know, especially but... having coming so quickly after what he just done. It's just mindless and Bonk. brainless from Absolutely. him. It Bonk. doesn't doesn't make any sense. It was almost like he wanted to get sent off. He didn't want to be out there anymore. It was really weird. And then the game kind of fizzled into a yeah. into a nothing affair. Really, I, I can't remember anything else of note to even talk about. John McGinn had two chances. I think McGinn, that was really yeah. it. Zahar curled one just wide for for, for oh, Crystal yeah. Palace. McGinn, McGinn was very good at the way. I think McGinn and Cash were Villa, Villa's two Brilliant. best players. Yeah. Cash, it's a funny one with the full with the fullbacks, really, because Cash has kind of come back in a little bit from, from nowhere. We're all raving about Ashley Young, and then suddenly Cash comes in for a game and he stayed there. But I thought his interview after the game was was, was quite telling. He called her and I am read a tactical genius, kind of alluded that they've been working closely and having chats. Because I've said previously, I'm not sure Cash was doing what Unai Emery wanted wanted him to do. I could see him going mad on the sideline mm-hmm. every time Cash was on the pitch, you know. The weekend, it felt like he was maybe getting forward a little bit more than Ashley Young would have done, but it felt like that was in the ground. It had been accepted. It had almost been like he'd been instructed to do that because, he, again, he said after the game, the manager was very big on the, on the spaces wide that there would be in this game. And Cash, to his credit, he did take advantage of him. He didn't always get the ball when he went as well, but he made the pitch big at times mm. for Villa. And I, th- I thought he had a really effective game, a good game, and you could, you could see he was pleased afterwards. 
Mm, he was my man of the match. I thought he yes, was fantastic. Sir. I thought he, I thought he was brilliant. And I thought Camaro was really good before he got injured. But Cash would have still been my man of the match. I just, I thought both fullbacks were good. I thought Moreno gave the ball away. He was a bit. I like Moreno. I really like him. I really like him. It's because he looks exactly like me. I've said it in my own podcast before. We both look exactly the same. But um, it's <laughs> essentially same height. Potentially the same He's not the tallest is yeah. in <laughs> He could probably fit two of his waistlines in mine But that's, uh, that's <laughs> for another day But uh, yeah I thought he was good I thought Matty Cash was very good I thought Moreno picked a difficult pass A needlessly difficult pass I think that was uh, that was a general consensus as well um, After the game But very very good attacking intent from both of them Very good coming back as well uh, The opposite direction But Matty Cash was, was really good I think having John McGinn there really solidifies a Matty Cash type um, yeah. because McGinn for all the people for all the, the calls to okay let's take let's take what we can get for him or we're not going to progress up the up the up the league while we have players like John McGinn. I don't buy into that because the donkey work that he does is absolutely huge. Yes, should he have more goals maybe and more assists? I think under Unai Emery we'll see those come. He's shooting a bit more, he's yeah. getting into positions a bit more, but he's really solidifying that, that those flank that that right hand side and uh, I, I would say if you were to ask Matty Cash, Matty Cash would say, uh, yeah, I feel comfortable with him in front of me. Once he gets one McGinn, I think that'll be, that'll be lift off. I think it, I think it's coming. I thought it might be at the weekend against a team he likes scoring against in Crystal Palace, but those goals seem to come more at Selhurst Park. But I, I just think it, it is coming for John McGinn. And again, he's just affecting the game in a in, in a positive way. He's winning the ball back yes. a, a lot for Villa as well. And if you, know, if you look at those players that can potentially play in that wide position, I'd pick him every time. Yeah. At, at the moment, it just shows you just what it, what happens when you've got a manager who's got a defined plan and has got a defined setup. Because McGinn knows exactly what he's supposed to be doing. He's not in no man's land like he was under Steven Gerrard. I'm not saying he was playing well under Steven Gerrard, and you know he got, I think he got too much stick because I think it was pretty clear that you know he's playing in a system that was completely failing. But we're starting to see the best of him now, and I feel like he. I mean, I'm going to talk about it on 1874 with Greg later on, so I don't want to go too much into detail with it, but I think he's starting to get to grips with being the captain yes. as, as well now, which, which, is, which is pleasing to say. So, yeah, long may that continue, because I'd like John McGinn to be a massive part of Aston Villa. Just back to the, the fullback thing, Moreno. He doesn't always pick the right pass. He doesn't always do the right thing. I always feel like he's in the game and he's affecting the game. Just the opposite to Luca Dean at the moment. Yeah. I feel the opposite of Luca Dean. When he's on the pitch, I just like how high on that side Alex Moreno gets in the first half in particular because of where I was sat. I could see what, what he was doing. He was just always getting high up the pitch and giving Crystal Palace something to think about. And again, he wouldn't always get the ball. Mm. He was always in a in a place that was affecting the game and creating space for someone else. And I just think at the moment at left back, I personally would just rather have him in there, in there than Luka Dan. I think he... I've not I've not seen enough of him defensively to, to know what I think of him defensively. But going forwards, I think he's an upgrade. And I think he offers Villa an outlet. And I think that's crucial in the way Emery wants to play. I agree. He, the other team have to think more about Alex Moreno than they do about Luka Dean, as we say. We've said it before. Luka Dean is a stand and deliver type of, uh, type of attacking fullback. You get it to him, he's going to stand there. He's going to deliver it from um, a, a, relative, a relatively similar area all the time, as best as he can. Whereas Moreno, as we know, takes it to the byline. He can come in around uh, players. He can cut inside as well a small bit. Um, so he's he's got a bit more variety to it. Like you, yes. I, I don't think we've seen him... Um, from a defensive point of view, over 
Like, Maybe I remember the Leeds getting... game, his first game actually. I think he had to do a lot of defending that game. I think he, he got did. off to a bit of a shaky start, and then he then he adapted and and did well. Obviously, you know, yeah. he had some cr- crucial interventions in that game. But since yeah. then, I don't think I've noticed much from him defensively actually. It, that, and I think that's there's, there's oh, that's a lot good. in that as well because his positioning is quite good. You know, you can see that he's a he is he's very good at positioning. Um, we did obviously have to bring him off in this game. He got a yellow card uh, for pulling back. I think it was Olisa. I think he pulled back, and then they brought on Luca Dean. And you know what? It's a great substitution to be able to make if you have someone on a yellow card. You know, you're bringing on somebody who's absolutely like who's eh, there's 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 a ton of Premier League teams who would sign Luca Dean. I think. Probably every every team in the Premier League would have a look at him. Uh, I've got to say, I think this is absolutely wild from you. <laughs> but I, I think I think the teams will have a look at him. I think they'll have a look not not to be maybe their first choice, but you know uh, the way the teams utilize and and, and rotate around their 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 left backs. We're in a fortuitous position. We can we can do that. I don't think he suits our style of play from a no. defensive point of view. But if you've got a team that's that owns the ball a bit more and can allow their fullbacks to be a bit more attacking, a bit more expansive, I think that he fits into that team. Like as as I say, he will have suitors if Aston Villa wanted to get rid of him. I don't think Aston Villa do. I think they want to have that rotationary basis on that left hand side. And um I think that he'll be here after the after all said and done in the transfer window in the in the summer. Interesting. I'm not 100 percent sure, but we'll say one of us will be one of us will be one right. of us will be right. Yeah, <laughs> unless he retires. Well, if he retires, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't, see reti- I don't see retirement on the horizon for him <laughs> for him just yet. But yeah, I just I, again I feel like I'm picking on him a little bit and I'm not meaning to. I just want to see more from him because he's one of our highest paid players. He costs an absolute fortune. Oh, 100. percent You've got to be seeing more. But it's, uh, it's unfair Absolutely to criticise him off the back of the Palace game. I'm just saying. I just prefer, from watching Moreno, I prefer I prefer Moreno at the moment. Yes, that, and, and I just want to clarify that too as well. I prefer Moreno. I've been one of Dini's harshest critics, I suppose. But when when you look at it, I think I criticise him based on the way that he plays within our team. Um, and I think I think that if you were to like if you were to put him in a team that owns the ball and that can defend, that don't have to do as much defending uh, as we do as a full back, I think he has real merit in that attacking sense. But we can't facilitate that. We can't facilitate a full back being that far, that high up the field with uh, with not being able to to retreat back. So as I say, I've been one of his harshest critics defensively. I don't think he defends well enough for us in our team at all. And 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 as I say, um, but uh, you know it was. I I in, I was okay with the fact he was coming on to replace Moreno when Moreno got a yellow card. I suppose that was really where I was going with it. Uh, we've had worse left backs for sure. Exactly, he's, he's not, he's not for, for any anywhere near some of the worst left no. backs I've, I've seen play for Villa. There's been some absolute horror shows play there, but yeah, just want to say a little bit more from him. But I do feel yeah. like I'm picking on him, so I'm going to lay off him because I seem to bring him up every week unintentionally. That'll do us, I think. Now I don't think there's anything else to talk about around, around the game. It, it wasn't a game that was, that was full of chances and full of nuance, but it was no. you know, a great win for Villa. And Villa feels like we've kind of secured eleventh at the very least. At the, at the moment, there was a few people a few weeks ago talking about, oh, we're going to get dragged into a relegation bell. That, that's not happening. Villa aren't getting dragged in. We're looking up. We're not looking down. And, you know, at this point, under Emery, that's all we can hope for and all we can ask for. Mm-hmm. Thanks ever so much for joining me, Neil. Thanks to everyone that's watched as well. I'll be back later on today with Global Greg Evans for 1874 to have a kind of a different look at what's going on at Villa Park. So stay tuned for that. It'll be out this evening around 10 o'clock. Thanks to Adam for producing and being on time for a change. And yeah, up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.